All right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here once again with John. Just John in the flesh. Hey now. Chuck might be flying to see his Mile High Mistress. Is that hey offensive? Now. I don't know. Uh, probably. But then again, I don't care. Uh, more importantly, Chuck will be in attendance for that Nuggets dubs. Classic. He's going to see the Warriors and Nuggets in Denver. Did we work out what's he going to wear? Is he wearing Grizzlies gear? Is he wearing Heat gear? Is he wearing Warriors gear? Is he wearing Nuggets gear? I offered to bro- provide him with not only socks and underwear and shirt, but he didn't come by my house. And I have a little, I have a beanie. I have a beanie. Is that right? A toboggan? Yeah, you have a toboggan. I, I think he'll wear the nugget scarf I gave him for Christmas, though. I kind of, oh, yeah, he should wear the nugget scarf, but maybe it seems like he should wear that, that Zebo jersey he wears or the that Mike he stole Bibby, from me. The Mike that he stole, he from, stole you. from me. Yeah. Which I need to get, that was a gift from the wife. Might need to take that. Yeah, back. I would. He's not giving that. That's back. not coming back. This is mine now. <laughs> this is the, uh, well, the, more likely, he probably, it's probably lost. <laughs> like, I don't think there's. There's not open malevolence, but there is wanton uh, sure. apathy. <laughs> that's uh, that's totally, that's totally fair. Uh, speaking of wanton apathy, did you have breakfast? Boy, did I ever! So, does this count as breakfast? It involved rice. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sure. There was egg, but it was mostly rice. It was a a Japanese inspired dish. It was breakfast fried rice. Oh, from uh, the place right by me? Yes, I can't remember the name of it. Fenwick, the Fenwick. Fenwick 3000. The Fenwick, yeah, Fenwick 300, I think. It's a a restaurant that has a number, a a name and a number, which means I can't remember it. Right. Like it sounds like a vacuum cleaner, whatever that is. But here's the thing. It's called breakfast fried rice, but regular fried rice also has an egg in it. Yeah, but it's at a diner. Okay, okay, so that makes it breakfast. You're at a diner-themed restaurant. Okay, so it was breakfast. That place, uh, you can't sit by the door because there's no, what do you call it, like an antechamber? Or, the door just opens to the outdoors. Right. So like when the door opens, just gusts of wind come in. I think that's that's like a problem at, I would say, 33% of restaurants. The old don't sit near the door trick. Yeah. Like I, that's where you, that's where if you're working in a restaurant, you sit your least favorite customers right there. I always thought it was by the kitchen where you smell that kitchen water. Mm. The wafting kitchen water, R.I.P. Local Nashville are you eating, man? watering hole Jackson's. <laughs> oh dear God, uh, Jackson's probably had... the worst restaurant of in Nashville history. I know we're very, very hyperbolic. In, no, no, inside Nashville, right? Deep cut, but that's a restaurant. When it closed, Twitter and Facebook was like, "Yeah, that place kind of sucked." <laughs> like everyone, yeah, was, it was always packed. Like no one, no one was ever angry about it. They had uh, they had two for one, very generous two for ones every uh, Tuesday night. So that's why it was packed, and uh, and a, and a very dank kitchen water smell w- wafting through the entire restaurant. Uh, R.I.P. My breakfast was a, uh, a a fruit smoothie made with my son. Uh, it was some bananas, some strawberries, some strawberry banana yogurt. Was some strawberry it baby food. Some wait for it. Keith, some strawberry kiwi Gatorade, mm. and then one uh, pouch of a uh, kid's food, which is carrot apple puree. Baby food. So baby food. Yeah. He says, can we, he's like, can we make a pouch smoothie? So yeah, sure. This is a way to get great food. He did say, uh, can we have no ice cubes because I'm cold? What <laughs> uh, is your son? I feel like he's at an age where he has favorite things that yes might not be. He's wise. almost he's almost four. What is his favorite breakfast food? Um, he likes. Well, he like—I mean, he loves anything with sugar. Okay. He's my offspring. This was a paternity test of sorts, right? I would say donuts are his favorite thing. His thing when he eats up every morning is he—he—he he, he does like a Nutrigrain bar or a Kroger fruit and grain bar, uh, and he also eats those pureed fruit pouches, which are healthy. So, so. Keith revealed on the Patreon only Slack yep. uh, this morning that he hates bagels because he thinks they're. Like trick donuts, which I think is the most wonderful thing that we've seen in Slack in a long time. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I hate bagels, but I've never had a bagel I like. Is, is, is what I said. I, I'm not. Would your Yelp review for all bagels be not a donut? Not a donut. <laughs> Won't try again. Yeah, like I will have, I will have the all everything trick donut and a cinnamon raisin trick donut. So when you th- when you when you order an everything bagel, you're like that includes sugar and brown sugar, correct? Yeah, you would you would hope. I, I feel like the what right, are these chives? 
gifts? It might be some kind of hidden childhood trauma that I've just repressed that I thought it was a donut one time in my life. All right. And I got it, and I'm like, oh, this is just bread. This is the worst thing that's happened. I mean, we don't, John, in growing up in suburban Tennessee, right? we don't run across a lot of bagels. There weren't. I didn't grow up in suburban Tennessee. I grew up in Philadelphia. Well, I'm telling you, yeah. I was. So I had around. the opposite experience. So I thought bagels were a wonderland. Right. There were not bagels around. Bagels had Brugger's bagels had not come to the right. hamlet of Franklin, Tennessee. Okay. I, sp- I think that's interesting. You mentioned Brugger's bagels because when we moved from Philadelphia to Atlanta, it was a huge deal when Brugger's came to Atlanta. There you have it. Follow up question Is there a food with a worse ratio of delicious when cooked? Horrible when uncooked than bagel. Mm. Don't say a pizza dough or something. That doesn't count. Because people do, in fact, eat uncooked bagels. I watch them. I've worked in restaurants that will just smear uh, cream cheese on an, on an untoasted bagel. Oh, you just mean on like a room temp? Yes. The room temp bagel? I've, I've definitely done that. I, I view bagels as like sustenance. Right. Oh, pure sustenance. Okay. All just the... Like, I need this. I don't enjoy this at all. This is an education issue. <laughs> yeah. <okay. I> think <laughs> you I weren't was, educated on the proper bagel. I think bagels. I was talking to, who's the, uh, the Sixers Max? Uh, is it Rappaport? I think it is Rappaport. No relation Michael to Michael Rappaport. Rappaport. Uh, Max Rappaport, who uh, was the Sixers Sense podcast. Um, he was explaining to me Worst that, uh, accent in, mo- in uh, TV show history, Michael Rappaport. Justified. Uh, <laughs> he was expressing to me that maybe my... Lack of interest in bagels comes from not being around them. Yep, living it's an education in, issue. Uh, Williamson County, Tennessee. Also from Franklin, Tennessee. Do you think pierogies are just like little balls of crap? Not sure what that is. <laughs> uh, CJ Bethard, who played for the 49ers on Monday, apparently from my hometown of Franklin, Tennessee. The beat harder. I didn't know anything about uh, him. Anyway, those are our breakfasts. After our breakfasts, we move on to our breakfast in bed. Apologies. This is our chance to make right what we might have gotten wrong on any previous episode it is often frequently the first time we talk about the nba and boy oh boy the nba is here it happened john do you have anything you need to make amends for one might think i would apologize to fizdale after his uh, raucous opening performance but new york nick record 49 points in the second quarter but let's take into account just whom they were playing and the excitement i'm not ready to do it yet however i will apologize to my fiance nate duncan (laughs) Yeah, uh, he might have been right about old uh, Bakerstaff. <laughs> uh, it did appear that the Grizzlies have the worst coach in the NBA. I hate to turn this into the Grizzlies epilogue this quickly, but we're going to go ahead and do this. Are we going to dive into the Grizzlies epilogue right now? Yeah, we are. All right. So, cleaning the glass projects the Grizzlies to win point four games now. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Never been this disheartened by the first game of a season, and I've been disheartened a lot. So, how many points did the Grizzlies lose by? I don't know, 28 maybe? Could have easily been 50. Could have been Not 20. exaggerating. The Grizzlies lead the NBA in forcing turnovers. I think they forced 20 turnovers in that game. They forced a ton of turnovers. The Grizzlies did not turn the ball over themselves. The Grizzlies hit as many three-pointers, I think, as, as the Pacers. The Grizzlies lucked, lost in, by 30. lucked into a 30-point defeat. Yeah. To a team that I didn't even think played very well. Uh, I do not know. I could not decipher an offense being run. Like, it looked like we were trying to be the Spurs, but didn't realize that, like, I mean, we passed so much. I would like to tell people that we are, we, we often have to tell people we are not a Grizzlies podcast. <clears throat> oh, sorry. We have to address this right now. Okay. Uh, nine, of, nine of the 11 Grizzlies players who played shot 33% or less. Only two people shot over 33% from the field. We opened the game with my least favorite of our lineups. Uh, That least favorite lineup, which is Mike Conley, Garrett Temple, Chandler Parsons at the three. Why is Chandler Parsons at the three? Should never play three. Why is he playing? He's bad. Yeah. He he can shoot okay, but he is a bad NBA player now. Gave up. (laughs) Gave up a dunk to Doug McDermott. 
Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic was owned six, him more about six for six shooting uh, <laughs> while the Grizzlies were on the court. Uh, the Grizzlies, while Chandler Parsons was on the court, this is from uh, Peter Edmonston of Locked On Grizzlies. Uh, the Grizzlies gave up sixty percent shooting while Chandler Parsons played. I believe that uh, free, a recent guest Zach Harper pointed out that uh, that opening lineup was the worst lineup in the of the entire. Uh, yeah, night. That's, that's what I was going to say. That 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 starting lineup was the worst offensive lineup that, that played last night. That played at least. 10 minutes. So Chandler Parsons was so bad that Shelvin Mack gave up on him in his first game. Shelvin Mack played 29 minutes, which is insane. <laughs> the Grizzlies gave 75 minutes to Garrett Temple, Marshawn Brooks, and Shelvin Mack. Garrett Temple led us in shooting, in shots. That should never happen. Here's the thing. I feel like we've gotten a little lost on being excited that the Grizzlies brought in competent players. They're bad. Competent players are not good players. They're bad. I recognize everyone in the NBA is one of the best 450 or so basketball players on the planet. Garrett Temple is bad. They're all Marshawn s- Brooks is bad. Jamichael Green is kind of bad. Hey, we need more Marshawn Brookses at this point. That's how bad it is. Marshawn Brooks played the entire second quarter. Yeah. That should never, ever, ever happen. And we didn't do anything that Marshawn Brooks, like... So the Grizzlies' success has always been centered around defense and then having lethal pick-and-roll players. One of the most— We didn't run pick-and-roll. They didn't run any pick-and-rolls. Uh, and, and we just added, like—so <clears throat> we run the type of pick-and-roll with Mark where we have a lot of options. We don't run, like, the, the rim-runner pick-and-roll. We have a guy we can run the rim-runner pick-and-roll with now with Jaron Jackson Jr. Didn't do that at all. Yeah, he was not involved in a single pick-and-roll play. Nope. Uh, Kyle Anderson— who Shlomo I, was too apt. Who I think is the Grizzlies' best wing, and I think he's comfortably their best wing. Yeah, well, he was, look at his minutes. He was ninth on the team in minutes. When he checked in in the third quarter with five minutes to go in the third quarter, so let's see, that's tw- uh, 29 minutes of game time had gone by. He played seven minutes. The Grizzlies were down 25. He played seven minutes in the first half. He played one minute the entire game with Mike Conley. That is crazy. Garrett Temple played more minutes than Marshawn than uh, Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks combined. Here is how bad that game went. Usually, I stay up all night watching other NBA games. Instead of watching other NBA games, I was so disheartened by the Grizzlies' performance. I opened up a video game and played my my idea of what the Grizzlies should start, just to erase the taste. And then I, in the second half of this game, I realized that I was not using the right buttons to shoot. <laughs> I still lost by far, far less than the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies look like they they were forgetting what the shoot button was. Yeah, like I keep hitting X. It keeps uh keeps swinging the ball around the perimeter. They, on defense, they looked the like, defense looked fine to me. To me, I, the the Pacers got every shot they wanted. It looked like they had never seen a, a screen before. The Grizzlies. Well, we didn't set any either. I, uh, well, actually, we we did this weird thing. We would set like double screens and run horns and curls for Dylan Brooks. Well, Dylan Brooks again plays. <laughs> I mean, I, I am I am also team Dylan Brooks is 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 bad. Right. Like, like he's an eighth or ninth guy. He came in. He was horrible in the minutes he played. Right. But. It's clearly was a what working. sucks so bad is like a couple of those setting the screens for Dylan for the threes worked. So they're gonna keep doing that. I can't. I can't get over. I just think if this team is going to lose games by thirty and they're going to play guys thirty minutes a game, play our young guys. Right. Um, I would rather Andrew Harrison play, who was who was inactive for the I, game. I don't want to be. You gotta let that go. I'm gonna let it go. There, there, uh, like was a lone bright spot in the game, like when the second half started, and like they ran a pick and roll and Mark hit a three, and I was like, okay, we're gonna play like this in the second half. It's gonna be okay. And but then we didn't. We didn't do any of the things that we've done for the past decade. So we got to get off the Grizzlies. I promise we will talk about other teams. It's dark. We haven't talked about the Grizzlies in a while, I feel like. But uh, it was a summer. The Grizzlies were so, their offseason was so dull. I actually sent out a. uh, It was so Garrett Temple. I actually sent out a a survey for Grizzlies. This is amazing. Just keep talking about the Grizzlies. For for Grizzlies predictions uh, to all like these, uh, you know, like Grizzlies media people. And me. Uh, and the Fast Break Breakfast boys. Did Chuck fill it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy I, I, smokes. I, I, like, I like Chuck to it, too. Uh, there, were, there were 17 responses, and I asked them, uh, did the Grizzlies win over 34 and a half games, which is even like a game and a half over the Vegas line. Every person said yes. 
A hundred percent of writers. This is, I mean, we're talking uh, the Jeff Calkins, the Chris Harringtons, the Peter Edmonstons, the uh, John Roser, Devin Walker from Grand City Media, Alexis Morgan, uh, like all like people who cover the Grizzlies. Everyone is optimistic. Um, How panicked are you? I am extreme panic I'm because extremely panicked. so I actually when talking with other people and being on some other podcast, uh, I. I think I predicted the Grizzlies to win 37 games on our show, which right. was an over. I pretty much revised that to a 34 immediately. Like, I think they're going to be bad uh, based on the last two preseason games because we knew they couldn't score. We're pretty sure they couldn't rebound. In the preseason, oh. they could not do either of those things at all. The the way we're, like, sprinting to get back on the – we're going to have zero offensive rebounds they don't. Op- they, they, they are choosing not to – What is Jermichael Green going to do on this team now? He's going to be the only player to hit uh, half of his shots, which he which he did. Uh, so like, I'm way down this team, and I, cause I think the coaching might be horrible. And again, yeah, the, the, op- the going opening- back to my apology, I apologize to Nate Duncan. I think he was right. I've given bigger staff too much credit for that one time he knew what James Harden was going to do when he had just gotten finished coaching James Harden for years. Yeah, he seems bad. I'm worried. Dear God, please let the Knicks suck. Please, God, let the Knicks suck. It's the only thing I'm going to be rooting for. I mean, for. this is this is again. We were we were immediate hot take overreactions, but that was the, one of the bleakest openings you could have. Yes, you're playing a team that we know is going to be much better. We assume is going to be much much better than the Grizzlies, but to be so listless and to play the guys they played—that's why I'm it, so it, concerned—is it, it, the disappointing part. If we're going to lose by 30, I want to lose behind Jaron Jackson Jr., Kyle Anderson, and I'm fine with Dylan Brooks because he's young. He's on the timeline. Uh, anyway, uh, I'll come back to this Grizzly survey another time. It's pretty funny. It's very, it's very, very optimistic. Uh, from even people who aren't normally optimistic, uh, things like who will have more points, Garrett Temple, Wayne Selden, or uh, Dylan Brooks. Most people want Dylan Brooks. I went Garrett Temple. Dylan Brooks didn't even play that game. I don't think he scored. <laughs> so uh, we don't have an upset there. Anyway, my, my apology, as I guess I now have to realizing I'm having to put like 19 minutes of apology music under all this. Yeah, sorry folks. Uh, I've, this was a tough, that was a tough evening for me. I think my apology is just, uh, I was I was really rethinking my strategy of sticking my head in my sand, in the sand, of right. avoiding Vegas over-unders, because I had some immediate regrets, and again, like, I started listening to so many other podcasts, and I was so high on the thunder, and maybe that's the point of avoiding everybody else's opinions. Right. Like, I was so high on the thunder, and then I listened to everybody else, and they're like, hmm, uh, 48, maybe 45. And I'm like, I was thinking 51. You know what you forgot about? What's that? All day, people act like they got something to say, but nothing comes out <laughs> when they move their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish, because mothers act like they forgot about Billy Donovan. Yeah. So. Our apologies are coaching-centric. Yeah, I, I might have been too too high on the thunder. Although, I liked how they played. Russell I Westbrook wasn't in. And, and I even acknowledge he, he might he might not be uh, healthy all year. They're playing the Warriors. I'm not worried. Even before the game started, I was feeling I still feel pretty nervous about that that comfy uh, over 48 and a half pick. I think you'll be okay. Okay, I really do. Right. I mean, the, the, I, I I like what they can. Are they going to be like a, a smooth offense that wows you ever? No, but they've got the players to stop most teams and slow down most teams. And really, I mean. Uh, hey, they they did they did the, the spread was not covered by the by the Warriors. they did cover it's always yeah. it's I always, mean take solace that's always <laughs> that's always a good thing all right well those were our breakfast in bed apologies uh, before we get to our steak and eggs best thing we have a single listener submitted question this is the croissant questionnaire any questions. Yes. Are you going to finish that croissant? Knock yourself out. Uh, All right. Tom Thirty Six Chambers asks, which is a uh, slack daddy Sam Wilkinson. Wilkinson. (laughs) He asks, will Pickle take a bet that Trey Young will win the most ice shops in a season, in a single season? All right. So if you don't know, and we actually haven't been saying this enough, but Pickle was John's old uh, bookie or current, I don't know, doesn't, doesn't matter. Uh, FBI? His, <laughs> Can neither his, confirm his, nor deny. His old bookie, uh, and for our Patreon supporters, we, ex- we have the Pickle Pick'em, where we pick against the spread, which uh, if you want to join that uh, for $3, you can get involved. Uh, we have monthly winners 
all October's this, already underway. All this pickle talk does what? remind me of a song. Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. Was this a game of scones? It's time. Oh, John, I have a note here. This is our first ever game of scones. Who are you going to call? We're missing Chuck. Chuck is in on his way to Denver. Can't have a one-man game of scones. We are having a Patreon supporter. We're going to call him on the phone. Because if you're a $10 or up Patreon supporter, you are eligible to be a Game of Scones contestant. So let's contact one of our listeners. Okay, guys. So here's the thing. Uh, the phone call... Damon's side of the phone call did not record, uh, but instead of cutting it all out of the show, uh, we've replaced his answers with a series of clicks and buzzers. So you can't hear Damon. It's unfortunate. He was very witty, very funny, and very, very intelligent. So here's the uh, portion with our guest Patreon supporter, Damon Rangula, where you cannot hear him at all. Is this Damon Rangula? So, Damon, you are the first ever listener contestant on a game of scones. John just cued the game. We don't even know what it is, but you're going to be the guinea pig. First ever game of scones contestant. You versus me, mano Imano. I'm on quite the losing streak, game of scones wise. Chuck is unstoppable. Chuck is unstoppable. Let's see. Hey, you got fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's. Uh, what's our uh, what, what, what's our game? Demand the businessman Rangula. Are you ready to play? Pickle Lifeline. Follow the money. Okay. What does that even mean? This information comes straight from the heart of darkness himself, Matt Pickle Smith, my former bookie, currently wearing an anklet somewhere in West Nashville. <laughs> On probation. I'm, uh, it's a common misconception that the line is set by Las Vegas as if they know something's going to happen, as if they have a preference, as if they have skin in the game, when in fact the line is set with the purpose of getting equal money on both sides. I'm going to give you guys the matchup from last night, and we're going to do tonight's. We're going to end with the Lakers, of course, Damon. You're not getting off that easy. You're going to tell me which side the public put more money on. Okay. Keith. All right. We're going to start with you. Yes. The Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies. <laughs> Grizzlies might be better, actually. That's fine. The Memphis Grizzlies were seven and a half point underdogs to the Indiana Pacers at home. Where was that public money? I assume most of the public money was on the Pacers. That's correct. One point for Keith. All right. First to five wins, Damon. Keith starting out hot. (sighs) I think we're going to have to hang up on the first ever listener Game of Scones contestant. I can't tell you what was more painful. I can't. It was very. Okay, so we got a 50 50 money split on the pain I felt from watching Fizdale high five and shuck and jive on the sideline as the Grizzlies looked as ineptly coached as I have ever seen them. And I saw Fizdale coach the Grizzlies. Let's play the game. This listener is right. trying to get himself <clears throat> on the right. show. Damon, you get the Bucks versus the home dog, Charlotte Hornets, who were. Three and a half point underdogs to the Bucks. Damon, where was that public money? Follow the money. They did, they and they to. were all wrong. Seventy-five yep. percent of the money from Pickle Keith. By the way, a daunting sixty-two percent was on the Pacers. Ooh, I took the Grizzlies. God help me. I did. Keith, too. we're spinning it back to you. Yes. The Heat were two and a half point favorites in the battle for Florida against the Orlando Magic. I got this one right in Pickle Pick'em, but I'd assume the public's money was backing the Miami Heat. That's correct. 60%. Damon, back to you. The Brooklyn Nets were six-point road underdogs to the Detroit Pistons. Damon, follow the money. I'm afraid that's our first strike. That's our first ever listener strike. So exciting. Detroit with that very nice number of 69% of the money. That's a lot of the money. Keith, 
It really is. I, 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 I'm wondering if Brooklyn is just not a public team. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Keith, the Hawks were a scant three and a half point underdogs to the aforementioned Fizdale led New York Knicks. That's a tricky one, but I, w- I would guess that the public money was on the Knicks playing at home. You've guessed correctly. 58% of the money. Damon, the woeful LeBronless Cleveland Cavaliers were 13 point underdogs to the newly Kawhi led Toronto Raptors. Where was that money, Damon? <laughs> I'm afraid that's incorrect, Damon. 60% of the money was on the Kawhi-ful Toronto Raptors. That's, what you That's get for two being strikes for DeMond. And One what you more get strike. for being uh, xenophobic. <laughs> All right. Keith. Yes. The New Orleans Pelicans were eight-point underdogs. Oh, don't even tell me. The public loved the Rockets. The public loved the Rockets. And I, and I also fell for that one in the, in, in the pickle. 65%. DeMond, back to you. The schismatic Minnesota Timberwolves. The schismatic, the tumultuous, Thibodeau-led Timberwolves were two-and-a-half-point dogs to the San Antonio Spurs. Damon, follow the money. That's a, absolutely correct. All I'm right. overwhelming 72%. And they were very nearly wrong, these woeful public bets. That was a close one. Keith? Yes? It's your real favorite team. Yep. The Utah Jazz were eight and a half point favorites over the Sacramento Kings. Keith, follow the money. Uh, the the public, I assume, would back the heavy favorite in the Utah Jazz. Nice, sixty nine percent of the public money. So I, I, I'm finding out I can figure out easily where I think the public money is, and I should probably use that information to pick against it for my pickle pick 'em. However, I, I do not. Keith. Have you noticed that I always, always, always win Pickle Pick'em? Yep, I do. Spoiler alert, folks. This is my system. <laughs> I'm picking against you. <laughs> yeah. Damon, I'm sorry that it has to go down this way, but you're going to get the matchup that was closest. The most desirable amount of money for Vegas was indeed in that rookie matchup of the Dallas Mavs, favored by one and a half points. At the Phoenix Suns. Damon, follow the money. You're only 1% dumber than you think you are. 51% of the money was Dallas Mavericks. That's correct. Oh, it's correct. It's correct. You got it. You, you got, got it. it. I'm surprised. I'm surprised it wasn't more. I thought that Doncic money was going to be there. Right. Still alive, Damon. Keith, Nuggets were one and a half point favorites. At the Clippers. I don't know which team you love more. You love both of these teams. Uh, I like the Nuggets Follow more. The this one is this one is tricky. It's a toss-up. I will guess that the Nuggets had more public money. Keith continuing to ram jam. 64% of the money was on Keith's Denver Nuggets. Now we're into today's timeline, the darkest timeline, the post-Grizz blowout timeline. Damon, I give you Bulls at Sixers. The Chicago Bulls are 12-point underdogs at the seemingly tired 76ers. That's that campaign line. Demond, follow the money. (laughs) There's no way that's true. Demond, I'm afraid you're wrong. (laughs) With 39% of the money only being on Chicago... They still believe in Embiid. Before we let you go, Damon, we're so honored that you're our first loser. Let's play Follow the Money one more time. Los Angeles Lakers are three-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Portland Trailblazers. Damon, follow the money. (laughs) That's correct, Damon. Going out on top. An incredible 61%. Somehow on the Lakers, despite the Portland Trailblazers having won 16 home openers in a row, the power of the people still with the Los Angeles Lakers. Thank you for playing, Damon. Keith didn't miss a single one. Give me a high five, Keith. Alley-oop ram jam on the listeners. That's right. The first time a listener wins is going to be a dark day. All right. Damon, thanks for your support. Uh, Thanks for uh, letting us call you up. I guess you got to get back to work. Adios. I got to say, John, that was really fun calling up a listener. I feel like we might need to set some parameters, like future parameters. He took me right back to the fizz zone. 
Yeah, like he he turned that on us. Mm-hmm. He's guiding the show. Like, hey, why don't you guys feel bad about Fizdale? What well, I don't. I mean, like it's cool because Demond's. You know, you let Demond take the wheel. Long long time listener, <clears throat> big time supporter, but I don't. I'm not sure. I want every listener to be able to. I don't know. Just take it wherever he wants. Or she, us, that, or she wants. That's on you, Keith. You're captain of the ship. I feel like Chuck has rested the first mate. He, he's your he's your uh, Ishmael, and I'm just the cabin boy. I don't really have I don't really have a lot of control here. Well, I guess we'll work that out. All right. So that was the game of scones. We never got to Slack Daddy Sam Wilkinson. We're still here. Uh, croissant questionnaire. Uh, he asked, "Will Pickle take a bet that Trey Young?" Will win the most eye shops in a single season. Well, I'm gonna have to get back to you on that, Sam. I'm gonna have to consult Mr. Pickle, but I have a feeling if you've got the money, honey, he's got the time. It's a great, but, but Trey Young, I mean, do you think you th- okay? He's, what do you he's, think? He's gonna win a lot. You think he's gonna win a lot? I think he's gonna win a lot. I mean, obviously, there's a there's lot of so many They're amazing obviously, candidates. There's a lot of competition this week, <clears throat> most, most definitely. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a good one. That's a good question. So, all right, all that to say, if you want to submit a question to the Croissant Questionnaire, you got to become a Patreon supporter. You join to that $3 mark, and that gets you in the Croissant Questionnaire. You step up to the $5 mark, you get the bonus episodes of Ground Chuck, the John and Chuck podcast, plus any other Sometimes only Chuck. Plus any other podcast we might uh, eventually throw up on there, uh, vomit on there, if you will. Um... And then again, if you want to, if you're one of the guys, maybe life's been good to you. You want to help us out big time, and you want to be that game of scones contestant. Step on up to ten dollars. I'll go ahead and tell you, you'll probably do better than Demon. Demon is so bad at picking the pickle pickle. Yes. (laughs) And then he still he like overthought it. He went the wrong. He's an amazing uh, NBA mind. One of my favorite NBA Twitter follows. Dude can't pick a game to save his life. Yeah. So if you want to support us, and uh, we, we really appreciate all the people who do support us. Those of you who don't, consider it. We kind of feel like if you listen to four or five episodes a month, uh, you should maybe give us a dollar. Just a dollar. Can we hold a dollar, please? Like, let's just get to, you know, 100 patrons. We're just Laundry a few away. Laundry of one dollar. We're just a few away. So patreon.com slash fast break breakfast. All right, steak and eggs, best thing. What's the best thing you saw? For me, I get so excited about rookie showdowns, so it doesn't get any better for me than getting Doncic versus Aiden. It was fantastic. Doesn't that, I mean, like, going back to, like, Bird Magic, which is, like, my nascent NBA, you know, that's the embryonic state for me. I was, you know, not watching NBA basketball, but it's always been, like, the zeitgeist for me having something like that is as good as as good as basketball gets for me especially since i enjoy you know the draft and college ball and stuff like that and Doncic being this international guy adds another wrinkle to it for me and uh it ended up being a fun game i thought you know i was big 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 on the suns in this game uh so i enjoyed it a lot as well because the mavericks were favored maybe we should uh apologize to 0 for 12 or ariza Ooh, put, put he had a like three. A, like, a Le, <laughs> like a LeBron James line. He had 21, eight boards, and seven assists. Unbelievable line. And, you know, it wasn't all great. Like, Aiton did show, like, some hysterically poor defensive rotations. But he looks really proficient already. His footwork's amazing already. And then Doncic was flashing all the flashy shit that I love. I was, I, was, I was blown away. I was blown away by Aiton. I've never seen – like, I'd honestly never seen – I never seen play before. Like outside of a little bit of preseason, for their first game, I thought they both acquitted themselves so nicely. Doncic making all like the cool, fun plays that you see the yep. like, his ability, and then Aiton was just He's got eyes team. all around his head. Aiton <laughs> with just those face up jumpers, like oh, you're not guarding me, I can shoot a twelve. He made people pay. I yeah. was so impressed with uh, with DeAndre Ayton. Also, got to say, I'm not ready to apologize. Just one game. Devin Booker. Devin Booker was so good that game. <laughs> Devin Booker so, is going to be a superstar. Well, Keith. I'm was, so sorry. He was so on fire. He made a very strong argument for the elimination of preseason. <laughs> right. <laughs> he just ro- rolled out of bed with one of his best games. Uh, uh, Andrew Bailey from the Hardwood Knox podcast pointed out that uh, Booker is already one eighth of his way. Towards last season's win share total, 
right uh, after after one game. So yeah, that was an awesome one. That was one of my favorite things too. And it was funny that was like the national ESPN game. I was assuming that was going to be like the league pass. I knew most people wanted to see like, oh, these are the two top prospects. But like, Suns and Mavs aren't going to be good. And we assumed it would be like I thought it was going to be the deepest recesses I, of league pass. I but feel like it's ESPN. in a lot of people's brains. They want to see those was. young players. You know, it, it, it was a pretty fun game, even if it did. You know. The Mavs were a little shorthanded. I had a lot of games kind of starred, but uh-huh. that one for me was that was like that's what I'm here for. Well, well, my best thing I think was Jarrett Allen Woo! of the Brooklyn Nets, my favorite team, the fa- ABA favorite, throwback my, baby, my, my favorite front office, <laughs> my favorite coaching, my favorite decision makers. <clears throat> Jarrett Allen, the Illuminati, ate Blake Griffin's soul again for, for the second time. <laughs> Is this heavily swayed by the fact that I hate Blake Griffin? Yes, it is. And yes, Blake Griffin finished with the victory and a fantastic stat line. I don't care. Yes. Jared Allen, with his beautiful mustache and beautiful afro, ate his soul, turned away his dunk with the he's, offhand. He's the black Jackie Moon. He's got to, he's got to stop. Blake's got to stop trying. Yes. You I, stop. But you know what? There was a lot of good on all sides for this. Because Blake trying to yambag somebody like that, that's good for the Pistons. Yeah. Blake also, like... They, he took a. Uh, I don't. You don't usually watch post game stuff, right? No, almost never. So I like. I have like a cool down period when I get home and I watch a lot of the NBA TV stuff. And That's, they and they had him. I love that you caught a cool down period. I'm a very strange man, <laughs> uh, especially because I'm cooling down from nothing. Right. <laughs> I was cooling down from the Dave and Buster's. Yeah, drinking soda water at the Dave and Buster's. <laughs> but uh, uh, so. They had him on, and they were really giving him a business. And, and Blake took it in stride and gave you know Jarrett his credit, which was fun to see. And, and Blake Griffin, we've hated him for so long, he's really going to worm his way into our hearts by the time his career is over. You think just being on a unsexy, sad sack Pistons team or start he, feeling bad for him? And he's like just a normal, witty guy. I did see uh, uh, he's upsettingly funny. Sorry. Yes. You said, <laughs> you yes. Said yeah. uh, <laughs> I did see um, Andre Drummond, though, with the – one of the worst jump shots, like a face-up. He hit a three, right? Did yes, he did. He hit a three, but he had like... Jared Allen hit two threes, I think. Jared Allen's fantasy line is bizarro. <laughs> it was 17 and 10 and four blocks and two threes. Very upset I don't Ooh. have him. Yeah, I'm upset. I have a lot of... I could apologize. There's a lot of regrets. Our, my, our Patreon-only fantasy leagues, I have a lot of regrets. I know we shouldn't talk about fantasy basketball, but I finished my fantasy basketball draft with $40 left over. Look, I thought I got Nikola Jokic for $69 and was the happiest, <laughs> nicest pick ever, and then found out I didn't get anybody for $69. I spent $19 on Kyle Anderson, and I have to... I'm I, throwing... I, I just I, threw stuff at Keith. <laughs> <laughs> John just hit me in the face. It was my last pick. I had $19 left. Oh. Okay, yeah, all right. No, no, okay, no, no. okay. It okay. wasn't, yeah. I was very upset for a moment. It really there. came to the last two picks, and I was like, I have $40 left. <laughs> I spent 21 on Jared Allen and 19 on uh, on Kyle Anderson. I got to drop Kyle Anderson. I'm sorry. Shlomo. Uh, if if uh, they're only going to play you 19 minutes a game on a horrible team, I can't play you. Uh, all right, opposite of that, the cream of wheat. Worst thing. What's the worst thing you saw? Uh, well, I'm not going back to the Grizzlies. Well, I refuse. There were I, okay. I thought there's like, a, there's like a ten way tie for like teams that have come out to me that probably just need to go ahead and fire their coaches. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, they're giving them three year extensions. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh, I am of course talking yeah. about Mike Malone getting an extension. I, I'm I'm of I'm of two minds. I feel like. It seems weird to extend them because of all the stuff we've pointed out. It seems insane. But th- then you have to balance not extending a coach, having a coach be on an expiring deal, like kills a team. Keith, how many how many wins uh, do you think Mike Malone is worth a year? I'm gonna have wins to, or losses. I'm gonna have to def- above the default. Average. To friend of the show, Adam Mares, okay, uh, Nuggets expert, where he thinks the internal chemistry of the team and the way the locker room loves everybody is worth the extension even okay. if are those even if there have been those weird misuse of Jokic and uh but what do you think give t- inability to uh, finish games. give or take how many wins do you I think don't, uh, 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 zero give or take zero how many uh games did the nuggets miss the playoffs by last year one <laughs> i rest my case but he's not he's not <laughs> He's not costing them games. Although he did, they call- need a coach worth one win, is what I'm saying. 
It's a, it's, a, it's a fair point. I need a, I need a, I need a Nuggets coach worth one win. The you got the greatest home court advantage in the world. The two year extension is was it only two? I it's thought it was a two year extension. So that is a fair. We can still fire you after this year, and you know, like maybe yes, Stan Kroenke won't ever pay that out. But actually, they they oh, I just had a epiphany light bulb go off. Cross sport reference. I've had on my my mind. The L.A. Rams for a while. Mm-hmm. Stan Kroenke, mm-hmm. Kroenke Sports Group Media, whatever they're called, who owns the Nuggets and the Rams. NFL fans, if you remember, Jeff Fisher was extended, and then right, immediately fired right before being fired. Yeah. So I, I was going to bring this up. Yeah. So yeah. So it may not be that bad. You 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 let me get there. I still just don't. I just, and in this, I, I hate to for the thing stick in my craw so badly. This sticks in my craw. Yeah, there are a few things you hate, and two of them are Mike Malone and Dwayne Casey, <laughs> and Mike Malone getting uh, getting an extension. Yeah, I, I understand. I, it doesn't it doesn't excite me. It doesn't it doesn't sell tickets. It doesn't move units in my right. idea. But I, maybe he's good for the team. They did again opening night. They pulled out a close game, which was kind of the bugaboo of the team last year of just falling apart down the stretch. Not having a point guard who can run plays always hurt them. They still don't, but they, they pulled out that win against the Clippers. So uh, matches Malone is maybe going to be with us a little longer. Thanks for not making me uh, apologize not. to Dwayne Casey. Uh, I know, I know what a, what a huge win for the Pistons. <laughs> what a, just a huge win. Uh, win but not cover. <laughs> That's um, right. My worst thing is the rules changes. I was so, what rules changes? Well, two things. One, they did not fix the clear path. I still don't understand uh, the clear uh. path. Uh, they have not gotten close to what I think the rules should be. They, they made it even weirder, I think, by specifying if a defender's back and then like jumps to the side of the defender or if the offensive player gets the ball past the guy, it's then clear path, which again, like Awful. makes people's eyes glaze over when you talk about it. Uh, but they didn't change the clear path. The G League has somewhat gotten closer to my ideal where any take foul or like purposeful foul in transition Right. can be ruled subjectively ruled a clear path that's what i'm talking about and that and, and you get, you want more power in the zebras i'm scared i want more fast breaks that's all i want <laughs> yeah. and, and and so like they can call and it's a free throw and keep the ball i love it uh also the shot clock reset to 14 get rid of it i'm okay with it i am upset about the number they've chosen right 14 is an arbitrary number yeah. why 10 seconds listen numbers are beautiful okay Sound like a baseball fan. Numbers can be divisible by things. 48, that's a strange number. Right. Six, eight, multiply those, it goes into it. Like, it's a a multiple of three. That's cool. Like, okay, so 24 is the shot clock. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, 14 is damn near prime. What are they doing? Yeah, 14 makes no sense in the context of 24 (laughs) and 48. Um, Also, how many seconds does it take to get across half court? Why do we rule the shot clock violation before possession is reestablished? Um, you hit a loose ball. Yeah, yeah. So, well, th- that's another rule that bugs me. I'm sorry, I be, we're getting into my zone. Uh, no, no. So they made it back in the crawl zone. They made crawl it, space. They made it reset to 14 seconds, which is the FIBA rule. But it should be 16. Clearly, right. <laughs> yeah. you have eight, the eight seconds to get across half court. An eight second violation for not getting across half court. Uh, when you call timeout in advance, this is the G League thing they changed. When you call timeout in advance, the ball it goes to fourteen. I need to meet the beautiful mind guy that that uh, decided on fourteen seconds. It's a monster. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the same the same monster who said, "Oh, twenty four second shot clock, forty eight minute game. Oh, let's knock off ten seconds." Just because we have ten fingers, John. Why is this ten? That might have been it, Keith. Uh, that might have been it. It's it's the same. That might it might just be for the, so the ref can just count down on his fingers. It's the same monster who gave an NBA game a five minute overtime. You know, forty eight minute game. Where do you get five? <laughs> it should be a what, four minute. What do you overtime, want? Four? A three minute overtime. <laughs> six if you want to get crazy. Forty eight minutes and then let's play five more. That's totally arbitrary and it's based on the fact that we have five fingers on our hands. I think you just settled this argument. That's why it's that's. That's why it's 10. That's why we get excited about triple doubles. I think it was, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm mentioning a lot of people on the show. Uh, the Twitter account. You're about to mention Alfred Prayton. Basquiat Ball, <laughs> who asked. Basquiat Ball? Yeah, Basquiat Ball. Oh, wow. One of my favorite Twitter follows. Uh, Alfred Payton reference suddenly he's synergized. Funny. He's a Lakers fan. But he pointed out uh, if human beings had, had eight fingers on their, eight fingers and toes, would we be celebrating triple eights instead of the triple doubles? I think he's right. We're in a we're in a we're in a, a, a unit of. I 10. don't know. They're the double digit thing. It's 
double digit, but I think we would count by we we would count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, ten uh, or eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. We wouldn't have. Would the television program eight is enough? Hold a larger share of our hearts. Would twenty four have been even bigger? Could it have been bigger? Let me tell you about the draft app. It is a fantasy basketball app where you can play for money against your friends. More than 1 million people have already downloaded Draft. I have downloaded Draft. You can play in a real live NBA draft right now. You just go into the lobby. You sign up in a draft. It could be a three-person, a five-person, a ten-person draft. You get done in a few minutes, paid out the next day. Drafts are filling up every second. Draft is superior to one of those salary cap leagues because you aren't going up against pros who can enter over and over and over. You can just play against your buddies. Do a quick snake draft that night. You can play small stakes. Go head to head. I'm on there as Fast Break Breakfast. When I opened up the app for the first time, it gave me the excitement like the first time I went into one of those online poker rooms because it just says like draft filling up two or three. Just three people. You want to play for a buck? Let's play for a buck. And you draft your players for that night. It's just really cool. If you want to play some fun legal gambling, yes, it's legal, I think, everywhere but Missouri because our lawmakers and their infinite wisdom have determined fantasy sports to be a game of skill. So if you go to that draft app and if you sign up and you use our code FASTBREAK, you get a free $3 entry into a money game. It can be basketball or football. I think they have hockey and golf as well. You can deposit with PayPal or credit card because, again, it's legal. There's no weird withdrawal restrictions like some of the offshore casinos. You just draft your team every night. You play for a couple bucks. You have a lot of fun. I'm going to be creating private games for our listeners so we can all play together. It's the app Draft. Get it in the iTunes store or the Android store. Use the code FASTBREAK. Another really easy way, you can go to draft.com slash FASTBREAK so they know who sent you. Again, try it out. I can't wait to uh, play with some of you guys. So get the Draft app. Use the code FASTBREAK. All right, so those were our uh, cream of wheat worst of week. Hassan Whiteside cocks it back to Waffle House Presents. Scattered, smothered, covered. Thoughts. John, who are the good teams? Snap reaction. Are the Pelicans the best team in the league? No. Who, all right, who, who excited you the most and who disappointed you the most? Well, you know who disappointed me the most. But we weren't expecting that much from the Grizzlies. You were expecting 42 wins, which was I, But I knew... Uh, I just expected adequacy, I guess. Let's, let's leave the Grizzlies behind. <clears throat> um, for me, like, this night didn't show me very much at okay. all, really. Yeah. I mean, what am I supposed to glean fr- from anything other... Th- like, the Suns Mavericks probably showed me the most. Oh, interesting. Like, because I think the Mavericks were very, uh, like, NBA cognoscenti, sweetheart this team's going to be a better thing. Well, you just got blown out by the Suns. Yeah, they were playing a lot of Dorian Finney-Smith. Sure. And a lot of uh, the Kleber. Oh, I'm getting one of the white guys wrong. Um, doesn't matter. T- uh, to me, like, I, d- I just didn't learn anything. D- did, you, did, you, did you come away with something? I, I learned nothing. Uh, if I was a Grizzlies fan, I'd be worried. If I'm a Heat fan, I'm not worried. They always somehow lose those. those they lose games. to the Magic. They were yeah. short. The, the Heat were shorthanded. No, I think. Okay, right. I'll give you one. I'd be slightly worried if I was a Bucks fan. I don't think the leap. May, the leap may not. If if the leap is coming, it's certainly not coming quickly. The Bucks fan thing was really funny because they jumped out to the huge lead. Yeah, and everyone was fawning over themselves. Like oh, it yeah. is. Oh, Budenholzer's done it, and it, they're a wide open. Nick Batum missed three from losing that game. Yeah. Oh, they had two, like a Kimball Walker shot rollout, two a wide open. Yeah. And by the way, Nick Batum missed that three as badly as you can miss a three and it hit was, something. It was Stoyakovich-esque. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think otherwise, everyone kind of played to form. I don't think there were that many assignments. Like like the Timberwolves and Spurs both looked about what we expected. Uh, the game I think I watched the most closely was, um, I watched that Nuggets-Clippers game. It was like they both seemed... Like they were pretty good. But the, that the game, Pelicans was the biggest surprise because they housed the Rockets. Okay, that, let's talk about that one then, because that is that was something I did not see coming. Right. 
I didn't. See, I only saw. I saw the third quarter. Third quarter, and it was it was a laugher. I didn't see any uh, competitive part of that game. Alfred Payton, the pride of Lafayette, returning with a triple double. Uh, Julius, the Julius Randall, Anthony Davis front court, which you were doubting or not a fan of. All right, uh, it looked incredible. Short. Uh, okay. Short. You talk about Julius Randall uh-huh. and Anthony Davis all you want. Let's talk about Nikola Marotic instead, <laughs> who was better in every way than everyone else on the court that night. Uh, how many points did he give you in iShop? Negative 60? Negative 60 points, which is bad if you're confused. You're right. In our negative fantasy league, you want to get positive points. Nick Marotic scoring what, 37 on six for six threes murdered John's iShop team. Had a million boards distributing the ball. Good grief. I mean, l- l- if you go look at that box score, it the... the the Pelicans should have won by more. Every they had like f- four guys over twenty points. Uh, Etwan Moore had over twenty points. Etwan Moore shot with like fifty two percent last year, and everyone's like, "That's it's unsustainable." unsustainable. Well, it looks like he's going to sustain it. Just just did it again. Let's take it. Let's take it easy on the Randall. He he did as well as Etwan Moore. Okay. Randall, okay. Rand, Randall looked awesome. Uh, I don't I mean, think there, there's any playing in a good situation for him. There, potentially. I don't feel like there were any other surprises. The one that in small sample size kind of reinforced my my feelings, which my feelings could be incorrect, but small sample size. Uh, the Sixers struggling against the Celtics. We think clearly the Celtics are one of the best teams in the league, but I thought that second unit was demoralizing to watch. And Marco Fultz, it seems like trouble. Yikes. Yeah, I, like, I, I don't want to gloat, but after one game, I'm like, I'm not sure this team is going to... We're going to learn a lot tonight. I don't know if you'll hear this podcast before then uh, with, their, with their second game. Um, if they can't blow out the bulls, you should despair, but I think they, I, I don't think they will blow out. I don't think they'll cover. For instance, we talked about that line already, <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> I mean, okay, look, Embiid's not going to be that to quote him ass every yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, he is a kind of a turnover machine, but they just need something from the second unit. And, and I, and also I think the Celtics, they're already an elite defensive team. It's going to be really tough to judge the Celt- any team against the Celtics. The Celtics are going to make you look bad. That's fair. And the, and maybe, you know, I hate to mention the Grizzlies again. Maybe the Pacers are a very good elite defensive team. Uh, they were pretty good last year. No, man. But, like, yeah, the Grizzlies are terrible. No, man. No, six, six or Celtics both actually looked like they were going to be very good at defense. Uh, that was a fun game. I don't even, like, that was obviously a, a very mainstream thing to be like I, sorry what i'm trying to say is i was so jacked up for that six or celtics game and it was a foreign feeling to me like this is the big tnt national game right i don't normally care i was so jacked to watch that game and it was it was it was a blast i mean those are two of the best teams in the league uh two was, of the youngest teams in the league and two of the most like some of the most fun players i know Embiid very wisely downplayed the rivalry aspect since they played so poorly against them but that's going to be the matchup to watch for the next five, six years. Well, and you're watching that Celtic Sixers game and you're looking at Ben Simmons and Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. And you're like, these, these are two of the best players in the Eastern Conference and they weren't even playing two years ago. Right. You know, like they weren't even in, in the league. I wouldn't trust someone that age to babysit for me. <laughs> and I don't have a baby. I have a baby. You get desperate. <laughs> anybody. Anybody. I don't know. I got, I got something on my record if you look it up. Oh, it's Marcus cool. Smart, yes or no? Uh, Yes. All right. Yeah. Okay. I you hate him as a person. Right. Would you let him babysit your child? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm right. sure. Maybe. I don't know. Speaking of Marcus Smart, child better not start. Better not ball up his fists around Marcus Smart. <laughs> that moves us now to the awards segment of the program. Where you been, my sweet, beautiful sweetheart? It's back. The International Stackhouse of Pancakes Award. The reason for the season. Given each week to the worst performance in a box score. Not even every team has played yet as we record this on Thursday afternoon. But never fear. We had many, many people clamoring to be recognized for this award. Did any Grizzlies even make this list? Honorable mention, the Memphis Grizzlies. (coughs) 29% 29% from the field. Uh, no, honorable mention. That Is it Mark and Mike? Shelvin Mack, one for eight. Mark Gasol, <laughs> two for 11. Dwayne Wade, three for 13. Kevin Knox, Ooh. four for 16 with the worst, I believe the worst game score of the early season. And was, not starting. Was Kevin Knox. Oh, we didn't get to talk about like Trey Burke and all that good stuff. That Tim Hardaway, good stuff. I didn't even see that game. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't either, but wow. Yeah, that's, I, the, st- the stats they put check up. Check out were, that were, were box huge. score. Uh, Kevin Love, five for 18. 
Kevin Love with an incredibly high International Stackhouse of Pancakes fantasy score, despite 21 and 5. That's hard to do. Hmm. All right. We have three nominees as they occurred chronologically through the week. Kyrie Irving, two for 14. Seven points, four rebounds, seven assists, no steals, no blocks, three turnovers, one personal foul. Kyrie Irving, two for 14. Clay Thompson, Eesh. five for 20, letting him fly. 14 points, four rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks. We call that an Allen Houston. Glorious facial hair. Two turnovers, three personal fouls. Clay Thompson, five for 20. And finally, Patrick Beverly, 0 for 8. No points. Six assists, four rebounds, a block, a turnover, five personal fouls. So hmm. Kyrie Irving, two for 14. Clay Thompson, five for 20. Patrick Beverly, 0 for 8. Five for 20, so close to four for 20. It is. Tantalizingly close. I'm and Clay gonna... is always bringing us into that zone. I think I think this is I think this is clear. So I'm going to say there's just two of us. I'm not calling a listener or Chuck to get a tie-breaking vote. I think it's Kyrie Irving, two for fourteen. That sucks. I'll give it to it. All right. So Kyrie sustained. Irving, Kyrie Irving, congratulations. You are this week's week one, the International Stackhouse Pancakes Award winner. That Pat Bev line is uh, Pat Bev with O for eight. Do you even a, have any steals to make it a Pat Beverly game? He had no steals. Oh, one, one block though. Uh. Pat Beverly, 0 for 8, the early dominant leader in this season's Jacques Watch, the chase for Jacques Vaughn's <laughs> 0 for 27 start to an NBA season. Uh, Rock, Pat Chuck, Beverly is all by himself at 0 for 8. Luke Imba Amute, who, I mean, was terrible. It's, it's looking pivotal, though, that he's gone. He was it's o- looking so pivotal that he's gone. He was 0 for 5. <clears throat> But it did look very pivotal. Look pivotal. Need my words. <laughs> who needed their linchpin? Reason in the prince. Oh man! Uh, but those are our two leaders for the Jacques Watch. Many, God, many I'm other wrong about everything. Have not hit a shot yet, but those two uh, very far ahead. Par fadeaway, John. We already did our Grizzlies epilogue. Very beginning of the show to attract lots of listeners. Uh, what thing are you looking forward to, Keith? I guess I'm going to look forward to trying to find a secondary team to follow this season to bring me some amount of joy. Who's in the, who's in the running? So I love the Sixers because of Joel Embiid. Uh-huh. I love the Nuggets because of Nikola Jokic and all of their players. Yep. Uh, but I am really going to take a nice long look at the Phoenix Suns. Really? I really am. I mentioned it. As everyone knows, I am a Devin Booker hater, and I've said lots of negative things about the He's Suns. He's really good, Keith. If you've been paying attention, though, I have said they're one of my teams to watch this season. Yeah. They're a team I, I find the most enjoyable to think about. Like, this is weird. How does this all work? I don't like they're playing Isaiah Cannon so much. Them waving Shaq Harrison and keeping Troy Daniels and Isaiah Cannon makes me unhappy. You're not ready for that Melton Okobo combo, are you? Did Melton play much last night? No. Okay. Like I, I was, I was just realizing it was very, very late, and I was very, very drinky, drinky. Uh oh. Um, I don't remember. You need to come watch it, Dave and Buster's, with me. Yeah, it's an expensive lift. <laughs> uh, the uh, I'm about to take it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, the Suns are very exciting. I'm looking forward to a team. I think you should consider being one of your secondary teams, and this is feels blasphemous, but again, people who have listened closely have heard it coming. I love watching the Clippers play. I like the Clippers. I've and always they've, liked the Clippers. They've unleashed Boban. Boban with this, the tiptoes dunk broke the rim. The, the moment, the moment the Clippers traded Blake Griffin, I was fine. Fine with the Clippers. That was that was the rivalry. I mean, when, when Blake and CP3, I think I think both of them being excellent. Okay. Yes, absolutely. That, that's why I hated them. Boban. I mean, look at that team is n- not recognizable to the team we hated. Boban, who's preseason per 36 i'm not joking was was 50 the last points. time i checked on him he was had 17 and 7 what did he end up with he finished with 18 and 8 <laughs> so his preseason per 36 numbers were like 50 26 and 12 blocks yep toby and bobby show you've uh, swayed, you've swayed me here's a quick 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 game of scones without singing do you know who the top two all-time per players are all-time top two in per all-time all-time like snow sample size at all all-time jordan and wilt jordan and Boban. <laughs> Boban. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, if if Bo, if Bowman gets playing time, he scored eighteen and eight in in sixteen minutes. No one can stop Bowman. He's unstoppable. I don't understand why he, somebody just needs to play him a whole game. See what happens. Doc Rivers had a quote that said he's not opposed to uh, playing Bowman. Bowman is on no minutes restriction. Uh, he, he might just unleash the Bowman. I'm very excited to see. Make it happen, Doc. Good for you, Doc. That's perfect. All, All right, hey. Bobon. If you want to submit questions, if you want to be a Game of Scones contestant, if you want the bonus episodes, you get all that at patreon.com slash fast break breakfast. You can follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter at fast break break. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being GNG. Fair break, break, man. You understand? SeatGeek saves you time and saves you money. Two of the more important commodities in our lives these days. They aggregate ticket selling sites together. So you don't have to go to eight sites and then, oh, I'm going to look at the ninth one now because I'm not quite sure. I was totally that way, of course. And then they also rank every ticket based on value. So you look at the section you want to sit in, find that big green dot the darker green the better you'll you'll start to experience just endorphins when you see that green dot and know that you're getting an awesome deal on the ticket i use SeatGeek to go to a bucks wizards game got awesome seats there for my uh, fiance and me so the way to get started with them download the SeatGeek app and enter that familiar promo code fast break break by using that code to get twenty dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase that's promo code fast break Break. For $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase, let them know that you came from us. Fast break break. John is an asshole. Fast break break.